This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 23. Two and three, it's the place to be. Of the in-between podcast where you'll hear conversations <laughs> on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. That was cute. Well, I, it's from those little things that our kids say, you know, those like hand slap games or whatnot oh, yes. they play with. I remember hearing that. I'm like, I have to say that one time. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, if you didn't listen to episode 22 mm-hmm. and you have children... Stop right now and go back to episode 22. Yes, because I feel like it's so informative. We feel like it's so informative, but also I feel like it's a good setup for this episode too. So even if you don't have kids, mm-hmm. go back and listen to episode 22 yeah, because yeah, Simon good. touches and sort of does a great introduction of what he's going to talk about in episode 23. Yeah. So on that episode, really, he really addressed pornography mm-hmm. and children and how to talk to your children about pornography. But today he's going to be talking about why porn is so alluring and addictive, not just for children, but for adults. Yes. So uh, we're going to preface that same thing that we did in episode 22. We are going to be talking about sex and porn and marriage and all of that. So if you have little ears that uh, usually listen to the podcast uh, with you, this may not be something that you would like them to listen to yet. So either put your earphones in or pause and be able to, you know, send them outside to play while you listen (laughs) or uh, just pause for a a little while till you can listen to it Mm -hmm. without little ears tuning in. Yeah. And even if you don't have an addiction to pornography, if you do, this is going to be, please, I know might be a little frightening to Mm -hmm. see the episode and to see that we're going to be talking about this, but please do yourself a favor and just listen for the next 40, 45 minutes because you're going to learn a ton. But even if you don't struggle with pornography Mm -hmm. or maybe you have in the past, but you don't recently, this is going to be a fantastic episode just to learn more about it and learn uh, why you struggled and and why temptation sometimes comes. And if Mm -hmm. you have a spouse, uh, if, if maybe you, you think your spouse is looking at porn and you haven't really had the conversation mm-hmm. with him or with her, then this is going to be, you're going to get a lot of tools to help you in that conversation. Completely. So um, we said it in episode 22, but in case you haven't listened to it, we'll uh, give you a rundown of who Dr. Simon Shea is. So he uh, and his wife live in Canada, and they actually attended the same church that we attended before we moved to Nashville. So we know them personally. They are a phenomenal couple. And his heart and his practice is really to see men and women restored. Um, he talks a lot about guilt and shame and uh, the differences and sort of what shame can bring out in people. And he really uh, positively addresses that and is able to help people move on from there and to uh, be restored in their own lives, but also their marriages. Awesome. Well, let's listen in. Well, thank you, Simon, for being back on the episode with us. Last time when you were with us, we talked about pornography 
and children and how to approach the conversation with your children and and how you talked about it being the new drug and uh, and on that episode because many of our listeners might have not listened to that one because they might not have kids Mm -hmm. uh, you went into and began talking about the relationship between guilt and shame and how that are how that relates to the way that we need to parent so I'm, i'm looking forward to uh, you bringing that up again for you kind of teasing that out with us through the course of this episode, because today we want to talk about pornography uh, in the marriage or porn- pornography for individuals who might be hiding it from the other spouse or maybe you're single mm-hmm. and you're you're struggling with pornography. So thanks for being back with us. We, we so appreciate you. Uh, your ministry and and your 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 practice and your wisdom yeah much 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 <laughs> yes. much much wisdom <laughs> you're welcome no problem yeah all right well let's get into the first question so why is porn so alluring and addictive I think the answer is because a lot of people have no idea that pornography is a drug is a medication mm-hmm. pornography is a highly addictive pain medication. Uh, many men addicted to porn have no idea they go to porn to self-medicate, to relieve pain. Because what medication is for, most medication is to relieve discomfort, relieve pain. Yeah, so when we, have a, when we have a headache, we take a Advil, we take uh-huh. a Tylenol to relieve the pain of headache. But pornography actually is a drug to relieve some I call emotional pain. Okay. And that, so you could ask what pain you're talking about, right. Dr. Shea. And uh, the pain is the pain of shame. Hmm. Um, hundreds of, 100% of men uh, come to see me for porn addiction or sex addiction treatment. 100% of them um, have significant shame issues. Hmm. And they have no idea. And this is the first time they, they have someone to tell them that they have shame. Because in North America, we are not a shame-based culture. Yeah. We are a guilt-based culture. Mm. But if you know someone from Asia, like China, from Korea, mm-hmm. from India, Pakistan, uh, from the Middle East culture, they know what shame is because they come from a shame and honor culture. Yes. Don't shame my name. Don't shame my village. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't shame my family. Yeah. 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 Now, please, because I know there are many of our listeners who may not know really quite the difference between guilt and shame. So uh, please tease that out for us. Okay. Yes. A lot of people actually mix them up. Yeah, and actually, I yeah. have heard even uh, minister on the pulpit. They talk about guilt and shame as if they are the same thing, but they are not. Guilt tells you you make a mistake. Hmm. Okay. Shame tells you you are the mistake. Hmm. Hmm. Guilt tells you you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Shame tells you you are the problem. Mm-hmm. So shame always about the person. Okay. Um, so that shame trigger a thousand more pain than guilt. Because guilt, you can correct the mistake. Yes. Yeah. 
you can tell someone, I promise you not to make the same mistake again. Mm -hmm. But shame, you can become the president of a country. You can become the CEO. You can become the, the lead pastor of a church. You still feel that I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're not measuring up to, to a certain standard. Mm -hmm. Certain expectation. That's right. So that is shame. So shame, because a lot of us, no one sit down with us to tell us this is shame. So we have to do something to make the pain of shame more bearable. Mm -hmm. And there are three common things we do, according to Dr. Brittany Brown, uh, the author of Daring Greatly. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Brown is from Houston, Texas. All right. And then she is actually a very rare researcher because she specialty is research on shame. Mm. Yes. It's very rare. Very rare, actually. She's also a social worker. So <laughs> like we said, yeah, yeah. She is a social worker, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and this is, uh, she's a gift that uh, she actually specializes in researching shame mm -hmm. and vulnerability. And, and she identified the three things she called the three P's um, for us to kind of make the shame, the pain of shame more bearable. Mm -hmm. And that is pleasing, performing, perfecting, pleasing, performing, perfecting, pleasing, mm -hmm. always want to make people happy. Right. Yeah. Um, always want to take care of people, take care of my neighbor, take care of my sister, take care of my husband, take care of my coworker, take care of my boss. Mm -hmm. But the last person to take care is you. Me. Yeah. Right. Why? Because I'm not that important. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I'm not that valuable. And then performing. So the value of a person is based on performing. Work, work, work. Hard mm -hmm. work. Uh, come in the office early. Leave the office late. Based on performance. Measurable mm -hmm. performance. Um, uh, the kind of house I have. The kind of car I drive. And, and, and the education I have. So all based on performance and then mm -hmm. perfecting. And so that's why some people become a perfectionist. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people become very controlling, uh, become a very, um, that's why they become um, a control freak or become a clean freak uh, because mm -hmm. those are perfecting, pleasing, performing, perfecting. Uh -huh. So those mm -hmm. are things that we do uh, to make the, the pain of shame more bearable that, uh, that, that we feel better about ourselves. However, um, for some people, pleasing, performing, perfecting doesn't cut it anymore. It's just like an alcoholic. Five beer doesn't cut anymore. I need mm -hmm. to drink 10 beers. Or 10 beer doesn't cut anymore. I need to drink hot liquor. Mm -hmm. So pleasing, performing, perfecting doesn't cut it anymore. I need to find something for me to make the pain more bearable. Right. And for some men, for some boys, or even mm -hmm. for some girls, mm -hmm. that is pornography. So would you, would you say that when um, those who are coming to you and, and you're explaining to this to them uh, and, and pleasing, performing, perfecting, I love how you explain that mm -hmm. and, and kind of tease that out for us. But when that is not enough and they turn to pornography, I guess that's the fourth P, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, would you say that? they're not even aware that they are trying to deal with their shame like that that it's not even cognizant uh at, at that at that level 
Yeah, it may not be a conscious level, it yeah. may not be a business plan, yeah. and I need to add the fourth beer. To, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's on a business plan the next year, uh, next quarter, yeah. I need to add the fourth beer called pornography. It's kind of a lot of just, um, um, that's why um, in the last episode of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, not every young man, young kid, uh, boy grow up to continue to look at porn. They come mm-hmm. to a point that get it, done it, I get better thing to do. Right. But I think for those who cannot say it or, or, or do it, did it, done it, I get better thing to do, is they, they, they continue to treat the porn as a medication to relieve something, to mm-hmm. relieve something and to relieve some pain. Because right. the porn world provides the, the, the person with emotional satisfaction mm-hmm. and also chemical satisfaction. In the porn world, there's no rejection. Right. Wow. Yeah. There's no such thing when you open up the s- smartphone on a porn site, mm-hmm. there's a box saying that if you come back to look at me this way, mm-hmm. I'll call your wife, I get her cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Every woman, every wife will buy that application for me. <laughs> no become a rich man. No kidding. There you go. That's a business so plan. If you can abandon that application, yeah. uh, you'll be a rich man. Right. A uh, rich, uh, rich woman. Mm-hmm. So that's no, you're always welcome. Uh, you always accept it. Mm. Wow. Okay. Uh, no one reject you. Yeah. And also, in the porn world, there's a lot of soothing comfort. Mm. And and when I talk about this in seminar in, in conferences, um, then then people ask, what do you mean in the porn world? There's a lot of soothing comfort, mm-hmm. and that is because in the porn world, that is a lot of woman body, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of breasts, but also a lot of big breasts. Mm-hmm. Those are not real breasts; they are surgical breasts; they are fake breasts. Mm-hmm. Right, um, but a lot of people don't realize um, a woman's breasts have a maternal meaning, yes. and then maternal meaning is, is is about soothing comfort. Just like when when a mother, a young mother, nursing her baby, mm-hmm. um, her breasts are bigger because of the breast milk, but the whole scenario for the kid is. Is soothing comfort, wow. is right. bonding, is nurturing, right. is acceptance, is trust. It's is life, really. Yeah, yeah. And you're eating. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so actually, a lot of men don't realize that actually they are not looking for sex. Hmm. Wow. They're not looking for sex because a lot of these men, they're not just looking at porn. They lusting on women in public. Mm-hmm. They are the one that, um, when the woman bend down, they want to peek at the cleavage. Mm-hmm. They want to look between the button of her shirt to see whether she is wearing a bra. Mm-hmm. They lust. They're not looking at the woman's eyebrows. They're not looking at the woman's ears. They're looking at her breast. They're looking at her bum. Mm-hmm. They sizing her up, and the woman have no idea actually. The man is looking at her. 
Right. But the man have no idea he is not looking for sex. Mm. He's not looking for soothing comfort. comfort. Mm-hmm. And the porn world provides a lot of soothing comfort and then no rejection. Mm-hmm. Also, in the porn world, provide a lot of power and control. Wow. Hmm. Now, you ask what on earth the porn world provide power and control. I tell people power and control are not dirty words. Mm-hmm. Misuse of power, abusing power, those are dirty words. Right. But power and control is just basic needs that, that God created us that when I do this, I get this. When mm-hmm. I work hard, I get into college. When I work hard, I get a bonus. I get a promotion. Those are basic power and control. Mm-hmm. But a lot of men in real life, they don't have that power and control, especially if they carry a lot of shame, because mm-hmm. shame will attack you. You are a loser. You are a failure. You are no good. You don't measure up. There's something wrong with you. You can never be successful. You can never measure up to your father's expectation. You, you're not as good as your brother. You're not as pretty as your sister. Mm-hmm. You're not as skinny as your sister. There's a lot of shame. When a people living with shame, there's no power and control. You feel yourself you are outsider. An mm-hmm. outsider have no power and control. But the porn world give you back the power control for the men. How? Through the masturbation. Mm. A lot of men share with me, they're not just looking at porn. They masturbate mm-hmm. to the images. And when we men masturbate, we have to hold on to our genital. Mm-hmm. That holding on actually symbolically, psychologically, kind of put myself, put ourselves back on the driver's seat. Oh, well, never thought of yeah. it like that. Yeah. Seriously. It's just like smoker will tell you when mm-hmm. I'm under stress, I smoke more. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not common. When smoker under stress, they will smoke more. What if you tell the guy or the, or the lady, how about I hold a cigarette for you? It doesn't matter whether I hold your cigarette or you hold your cigarette, you still can smoke. Yeah, yeah they're not going to feel like <laughs> yeah. He or she will look at you, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you ridiculous? Yes, yeah. true. Because they're holding on to it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Holding on to, to the secret, holding on to it, it symbolizes actually putting myself back on the driver's seat. Wow. Gaining a sense of control and, per- and control and power back. And that's the masturbation. And the man can orchestrate the masturbation experience. Mm-hmm. How many strokes, how many times, and, and the video to watch, mm-hmm. go back to that, to that particular uh, video clip, to that particular pictures, mm-hmm. is control and power. And then... Does the brain sexually arouse mm-hmm. through the masturbation and then the ejaculation, then it's powerful. Yeah. And then the, the then then kick in the chemical satisfaction. We talk about the emotional satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Always accepted, no rejection, a lot of soothing comfort, then power and control. Now, when the brain is sexually aroused, then the chemical satisfaction kicks in. When mm-hmm. the brain sexual arouse, release 
feel-good chemical, first one called endorphin. Mm-hmm. Endorphin is reduces stress, reduces uh, anxiety, give you a sense of well-being. The second chemical, dopamine, mm-hmm. another feel-good chemicals. But dopamine have another major function to increase the craving for the same satisfying experience. But also, dopamine have another function. It's increase your desire for something new, for something novel. So that's why some men kind of rationalize. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not looking at porn. I'm looking at just the website of a actress. Mm -hmm. But on that website, there's a sidebar mm. of another website, maybe a, uh, another sidebar, uh, uh, like a porn website. But you say, no, this is not a porn site. This is just a website of an actress. But there are other sidebar there. That's what dopamine does. Increase your desire for novelty, something, something new, new, something you haven't <laughs> seen it before. Right. So there is the dopamine I want you to hit that sidebar. Yeah. Once you hit that sidebar, you're gone. Because hmm. then you always want something more and something new. New. Right. And that is actually, is the dopamine in a way that actually, from a scientific perspective, from a brain perspective, in terms of addiction, mm-hmm. dopamine is our little devil. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just drives us to do more. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not, that's not how... That's not how God created dopamine and endorphin are for. They mm-hmm. are very healthy chemicals. They are a healthy thing for us, especially on the marriage bed. Mm-hmm. When husband and wife have healthy sexual relationship, intimacy on the marriage bed, each of the brain will release dopamine uh, and endorphin. So mm-hmm. that's why it's a wonderful gift. It's a healthy gift. That's why research have consistently show over the years a uh, couple have healthy intimacy on the um, on the marriage bed. Mm-hmm. They are they are they're healthy individual physically yeah. and emotionally yeah. and psychologically yeah. because right. of the release of all these uh, health enhancing uh, chemical endorphin and dopamine. With that, right. Now, um, Simon, you're talking all about this shame and even like need for power. So I'm wondering um, if a spouse is listening to this and thinking, oh my goodness, I, I need that dopamine hit in like myself and, you know, in front of a screen or whatnot, but I'm dealing with issues of shame and issues of control. Like, how do I tell my wife or how do I tell my husband that I've been looking at these images, masturbating to these images uh, without like running away because I'm, I know they're going to shame me or I don't have that power of control to control what the conversation is going to look like? So I think that's why um, every man who come to see me about their porn struggle and addiction, mm-hmm. I always want to invite a spouse to come at least for one session okay. more mm-hmm. because my observation is when a spouse find out the husband are looking at porn, um, this is um, kind of a devastating. Be honest, I have not met actually one woman um, who are or happy about the spouse looking at the porn. <laughs> right. 
practice. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but it's not just a porn, actually. Um, 100% of women will tell me, Dr. Shea, I can handle the porn, mm -hmm. but I cannot handle the lies. Uh, I cannot handle the lies and the secrets. Mm -hmm. I'd rather you tell me. Right. I can kick you out of the bedroom. I can send you to the basement. Yeah. I can do something. But if you lie to me, mm -hmm. keep me in the dark, actually, I have no power. Mm. Right. So a lot of women, actually, they have more struggle, more painful with the lies. But however, for the men, a lot of them, they, they chose not to. Because you know what? To be very honest, mm -hmm. majority of men come to see me. They are good husband. They are good father. Mm -hmm. Many of them come from church background. They are even senior pastor. Mm -hmm. They are elders in the church. Many of them uh, have good job. Mm -hmm. they, they volunteer in the community. They are involved. They, 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 are, they are not playboys. They, they respect <laughs> women. They, 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 they are decent people. Right. But they, they just don't realize that that porn is a medication and they don't realize they come from a shame-based upbringing. Mm -hmm. So they don't realize they carry all this shame and all this. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. So that's why I always want to see the spouse, uh, whether they come by herself or see as okay. a couple, because I want to educate the spouse. Because uh, my observation is the outcome of the treatment, uh, the success is higher when the, when the spouse, in the middle of the pain mm -hmm. and desperation, um, in the middle of the betrayal, because they, they see the husband cheating on them, yeah. it's like a, a committed adultery. Um, if the spouse kind of chose that, I, I want to help you, I want to assist you, mm -hmm. I want to be a team, I want to do it together to help you to, to fight this and, mm -hmm. and to recover and to heal, um, I see better results than the spouse say, this is your problem, if you don't deal with it, you know which bedroom in the basement you sleep tonight. Yeah, because and, and that's so helpful because you've you've you I mean you wrote a book on this. Mm -hmm. You treat individuals. You see, you've counseled for so many years on this, and I think uh, one of the lies is often, "Hey, I need to figure this out for myself yes. before I tell my spouse." So yeah, they, because a lot of them, they just, my man told me, I just don't want to hurt my wife. I don't want to hurt her. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot is fear. I'm afraid that, that she will uh, leave me. She will right. take the kids away from me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of, um, I see a lot of leaders from church, they're afraid to, to tell because they, the church will yank me. Mm -hmm. They will yank me. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's their livelihood. Yeah. yeah. Doctor Shay, I have I still have a mortgage. Doctor yeah. Shay, I have three kids. Yeah. Right. So so um, I, I'm glad um, uh, some churches they 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 they. they Come from a restoration model. Mm -hmm. It's a restoration, right? Um, uh, they want uh, the leader to restore to health. Right. Um, yes, there are consequences, but but they, they want to be restored uh, to health so that this person can 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 kind of lead again in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So going back to the spouses side, so I want to educate a spouse that um, because I do assessment uh, with the um, with the man and who come to see me and to confirm that mm -hmm. um, that actually pornography is a medication and to confirm that the root problem um, is, is a shame and, and the, the pornography and the lusting mm -hmm. it's just uh, the man's way to medicate to relieve the pain of shame so so then I have to share it with the wife and okay. to, to help her understand and about the brain and about the connection between the brain and the, and the pain and the porn and the drug and all the thing. So the, the wife kind of um, uh, kind of better understand that to better help the, the, the husband. Mm -hmm. And I also to share the tools that I help the husband to, uh, which is uh, uh, mentioned in my book, the, the pure heart tool. So yeah. the mm -hmm. husband know how to safeguard his eyes and his okay. conduct uh, in public. And also, um, the wife can also give me example, a bigger picture about uh, about the shame, about all the shame receiving behavior, mm -hmm. so that I can give the husband the tool how to face the shame, how to decrease uh, uh, the perfectionism, uh, how to reduce the shame receiving behavior. Because mm -hmm. thing is, yes, we found out that actually your father, your mother is a shame giver. Mm. So he or she transfers shame to you when you're growing up. Right. So you become the shame receiver. Hmm. And the shame mm -hmm. receiver have all this shame attack. I'm no good. I'm inadequate. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not, uh, I'm a failure. I'm a loser. I'm not worthy. There's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And these are shame attack. And shame attack uh, it, it, it leading to depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. anger problem addiction problem right and then you also have shame receiving behavior like always oh, want to please or uh, based on performance mm -hmm. and then perfectionism procrastinate uh, mm. extreme caregiver um, always say sorry these are shame receiving behavior mm -hmm. yeah. but I tell my client yes your father is a shame giver mm -hmm. but a shame giver is a shame receiver a mm -hmm. shame giver is a shame receiver. That means your father receives shame from someone in right. the family. A lot yeah. of my clients right away can identify. Yeah. Dr. Shea, I know who give my father the shame. Wow. That's yeah. my grandfather. Wow. Yeah. So that's how shame perpetuates mm -hmm. in a family system. Wow. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. But I tell my client, because a lot of my clients um, are, are followers of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I told them, you know, sir, in my office, that is another person in my office. Mm -hmm. Who is that? He said, Jesus, in the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir, you're right. 
And now we have all this shame attack. You check them all. I'm no good. I'm inadequate. I'm mm -hmm. not worthy. I'm a loser. Uh, something wrong with me. Let Jesus read this. Mm -hmm. Sir, I wonder what Jesus would tell you. I bet Jesus would tell you, sir, this had nothing to do with me. This had nothing to do with my company. My company is called Trinity. Mm -hmm. We are three CEO. Right. Had nothing with the design of a company of you. Had nothing to do with our production. Had nothing to do with our creation. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when we first saw you in your mommy's tummy, all three of us are crazy about you. Mm -hmm. I love that. All three of us love you to death. Mm -hmm. To a point that the other two CEOs sent me down to earth mm -hmm. to go to the cross. Not just to, to pay for your guilt of sin. Mm -hmm. On that day, I bore your shame. How do I bear your shame? Mm -hmm. They spit at me. At that time, at that culture, when they shame people, they spit at you. Yeah. And they strip you naked. I was almost naked on the cross. And they spit at me when I carried the cross to that mountain. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand. Jesus, not just our sin um, sacrifice. Mm -hmm. He is our shame bearer. Right. Wow, that's so that so we don't have to carry that shame anymore. Mm -hmm. So so these are something, and usually when I share this with my client, um, that's what Jesus tell him. And he, God have a plan for you, a mission for you. Mm -hmm. I see tears, tears streaming down the face. Yeah, I can imagine. My crying. It just touch, as as if just a touch by God. That boy, I am loved. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I think also, but you were saying, um, you know, you're talking to the the person in front of you saying uh, you are a shame receiver. Who is the shame from? There's like, let's say my dad and being able to say, OK, but he was a shame receiver, too. Where was that from? It's almost like you're uh, opening another door for them to be able to see where this is coming from, that it's not just from my father. Well, my father had issues too. And I'm sure even in that way that you've opening up ways to be able to understand their father or being able to forgive, uh, you know, people who've hurt them as well. So I think that's really powerful. No, but the, but the fact is not every one of us uh, receive a shame from the family. Mm -hmm. For example, I did not even know um, that, that, that my shame, actually, I like, only know about this shame being for me is about maybe seven or eight years ago. Uh, like being, okay. I have a PhD, I, I, <laughs> people call me doctor. Yeah. I, I don't even know there's such thing as shame until I, I, I read something about shame. And my shame is not from my mom and dad. Okay. My shame is my, from my schooling. 
Um, I did not do well in high school. Oh, okay. I felt inferior to my classmate. And, 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 and my classmates all now uh, are specialists, mm-hmm. uh, a surgeon, a lawyer, uh, successful business people. And, 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 and for a long time, I felt inferior that I am, oh. I am not as good. Uh, until I found out that uh, uh, this, this is a shame thing, that I'm mm. going through a shame attack. See, you're no good. They are better than you. Right. Uh, they got bigger house than you. They all drive BMW. They all drive this and this and this. Until I come to realize that this is shame, that I have to name it mm-hmm. and to face it by respecting myself, respecting that I am different. Mm-hmm. I am different. Yes. That, that, that my gift is in counseling, my gift is in speaking, mm-hmm. my, my gift is in this. And, and, and I remember a few years ago, we have our first reunion after 40 years uh, uh, from high school. And, and we met in Vancouver, and, and these are my classmates in high school from mm-hmm. Hong Kong. And, and when they found out that uh, I have a website, I, re- I wrote a book, and I'm a psychologist, and I, I have a speaking ministry, mm-hmm. they are so proud of me. Oh, they are so that. proud of mm-hmm. me. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then I really found out that we are just different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's powerful. Now, Simon, I, I love the way that you kind of gave us a glimpse into you know, if we were in your counseling office mm-hmm. and, and if we were your clients and, you know, a, a, a husband or a wife wants to get treatment and the spouse is there to, to support. But but what if what if, you know, someone listening to this episode has is struggling with porn, is addicted to porn, but is refusing to seek help and maybe maybe listening to this was even a stretch because mm-hmm. they saw the topic and they're like, I don't know if I want to listen to this or not, but they, they take, they took that first step and they're like, you know, I'm just going to listen to it. No one needs to know I'm listening to this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but, but, and, and they're listening to you right now. Um, and maybe a spouse is listening to this and, 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 and they know that their, their spouse is struggling with pornography. Or maybe on, they have a, a hint that yeah, something's happening, exactly. but they don't know how to approach. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how would you address both? Number one, the person who is struggling with porn and hasn't talked to anyone else about it, number one. And then number two, um, for the spouse that says, I, I think my husband or my wife is struggling with porn. Is this a grounds for divorce? Because they're not seeking help. They're not um, wanting to open up about it. So I'd love for you to address those two. Mm-hmm. I think for those who are married um, and those uh, men who are in a relationship, um, if you continue, you know that you 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 struggle with porn. You know that you freaking look at porn and you mm-hmm. also masturbate to it, but you don't want to to tell your spouse or you want don't want to tell your girlfriend or fiance. Um, I want to tell you one thing: porn addiction um, and also affairs. Mm-hmm. These are what we call serious relationship injury. Okay. It's an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, the specific injury is on the attachment bond. Okay. Attachment bond actually comes from God. When God tells um, Joshua, mm-hmm. when you go to take Jericho, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not drop you. 
I'm here for you. Right. Uh, that is attachment bond that God is telling Joshua, you can count on me. Mm-hmm. I will never drop you. I'll never abandon you. Mm-hmm. But porn addiction and affairs is an injury because your spouse cannot count on you that you will not drop them. Right. You will not abandon them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because every them time down. you go to the porn, you abandon your wife. Mm-hmm. You, you, you run away from her. Wow. Mm-hmm. Every time you go to porn, every time you have this affair, you injure her. Wow. In a way that I just talked to a client, a new client today, mm-hmm. and, and she told me that her husband is a serial cheater. And the conversation is, ma'am, how many times you want to re-injure or allow him to re-injure you? Mm -hmm. It's a tough conversation. So for for the man that you continue to keep a secret, Mm -hmm. I want to tell you, you continue to injure your wife. Mm. Now, she might not realize that. But what you're doing that, you continue to injure her. And then you injure the attachment bond, and that is the marriage vow. Yeah. The marriage vow is for good and for bad. I'm here for you. I will never abandon you. Yeah. So this is something for those men have to really um, have some self-examination. The second question is, um, if doesn't if a if a man uh, admit to porn but doesn't want to seek help and continue to um, um, continue to pursue the the porn habit and addiction, is this a ground for divorce? Mm-hmm. I would say yes. Mm. Although I want to qualify, divorce is always always the last last resort. Mm. Um, in 2003, in a major lawyer conference, uh, these are actually uh, family lawyer um, uh, conference in the U.S., uh, a majority of 350 lawyers attended the conference said excessive interest in online porn contribute to more than half of the divorce cases. Wow, more than half? Wow. Yeah. Now... I want to, for the men who are listening to the podcast, I want to tell you one thing, and for the woman too. The worst thing a man can do to a woman is to make her feel alone Mm -hmm. and to make her feel not safe, whether physically or emotionally. The worst thing a woman (laughs) can do to a man is to make him feel inadequate all the time. Oh, wow. This is universal. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you come from. Mm. The worst thing a man can do to a woman is to make her feel alone mm-hmm. and to make her feel not safe. So any addiction comes from lies and secrets. Mm-hmm. And many women told me they can handle the porn, but they cannot handle the lies. Right. Because the lies and secrets <clears throat> make the woman feel alone and not safe. Mm-hmm. And that is detrimental to the health and well-being of a woman and also 
um, affecting the marital environment. Uh, the marital environment become unhealthy and toxic, mm-hmm. and actually affecting the woman uh, as a parent, as a mother, affecting her health because um, you, you you put the woman in the most most vulnerable position mm. because every woman um, need, doesn't want to feel alone and not to feel safe. Mm-hmm. So when the porn comes with the lies and the secrets, and that is the worst experience for the spouse or the woman. So so if a man um, doesn't want to take responsibility, could say, okay, that's mm-hmm. what I want to do, uh, you like it or not, I won't continue, then yes, um, if this become a pattern um, right. and doesn't want to seek help, um, then, then yeah, eventually, eventually, uh, the woman have to make a decision, have to make a choice, um, not just for the marriage, mm-hmm. but it's for her health and for her well-being. Yeah. Oh wow. As yeah. a woman, as a person. Yeah. Well, Simon, mm-hmm. I f- I wish we had another forty minutes, another hour to <laughs> no. to keep on going. You have mm-hmm. been such a blessing uh, in our in our previous episode and in this one completely too. And we'll have to definitely have you back on in the future if you yeah, wouldn't mind time. investing in our audience a little bit more because there's so much wisdom that you have to share, Simon. If if people wanted to reach out to you or learn more um, about your book and and I mean where can they find you online and how can they learn more? Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, I have a website uh, www.dr uh, like doctor simon dot com d r s i m o n s h e h dot com or just Google Simon Shay s i m o n s h e h then my website and other stuff will come out too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put all that in the show notes. Right. And, yeah. and then my, my book is also um, on the website, uh, Pure Heart, uh, A Man's Guide to Purity in a Sexualized World. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it's available on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, um, and also um, available in the, in the bookstore of my church up in Canada here, uh, Beulah Alliance Church. Um, so there are different ways to, uh, to order my book. And also that um, you can see also my, my, also my speaking engagement uh, also um, in the, on the website um, um, to, to you know more about my speaking engagement. Yeah, so. Wonderful. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I mean, thank you. I mean, that was amazing. I know. (laughs) I feel like you have given us just um, so much to be able to go to our spouse and to be able to talk and have those conversations. And also, you know, if things come out that we may be surprised about to know not to, you know, shut down or whatnot. And maybe these are the next steps that we can take to uh, a healthier marriage. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much, Simon. All right, then. <laughs> no, that was another like, wow, episode, right? Yeah. We finished the, the last one on 22 and both of us were like, whoa, that was so good and so deep. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the same thing with episode 23. I'm going to go back and continue to listen to it and be able to um, process things because he said so much. And it isn't I know we were the subject was porn. But there's so much even in shame, yeah. right? And talking about that. And I love how we brought Brene Brown up as well um, because she's a big hero of mine. But the f- sense that a lot of what we do or where we find our satisfaction or like pain uh, control may stem from not the actual thing that we're doing. It may go deeper than that. Yeah. So being able to explore 
explore where our real pain comes from. Mm-hmm. And and through the reviews that you guys have sent in through Apple Podcasts and iTunes, mm-hmm. we know there are some of you as couples who listen in and, and actually you'll listen separately and mm-hmm. then you'll come together and have a conversation. And, and if that's you, uh, and even if your spouse doesn't listen in, I, I want to encourage you to ask each other this question this week. So if you are uh, a the, the wife, ask your husband, do you ever feel inadequate? Mm. Have I ever done anything to make you feel inadequate? And if you're the husband, ask your wife, do you ever feel lonely? Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel um, abandoned? You know, abandoned? Saying, right. Do you ever feel like I'm not protecting you? Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. see how the conversation goes. I mean, you may be looking for an opportunity to talk about this with one another. Mm -hmm, To bring it up. Yeah, to bring it up. And maybe this is a way that you can ease into that conversation. But as Dr. Simon Shea said, I mean, even as he was citing some research on divorce and how pornography is such a, it has come up so much in all of these cases for Mm. divorce. If one of you is struggling with, with pornography, divorce isn't always the immediate answer. Right. Right. And and we don't and I know he wouldn't necessarily he, he even said, you know, that's kind of at the end. That's the last mm-hmm. resort. So if if you're listening to this and you know your spouse is struggling with pornography, don't shut him out. Don't shut her out. Mm-hmm. Don't immediately go straight to divorce and say, Well, you have broken my trust, you have done mm-hmm. this. Because God is a God who can restore. Completely. And and you may not have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You may have a relationship with God. Irregardless, God wants to bring about restoration to all of our lives. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is an opportunity for him to bring restoration to your marriage. Completely. And, uh, between you and him in and through this. So once again, um, man, thank you again for listening in. And, and feel free to... To if if you have any questions about that, even mm-hmm. that last statement, and you want to have a chat with us and have a conversation with us, you you know where we're at on social media at In Between Show. Our personal profiles are connected there as mm-hmm. well. If you wanted to have kind of a guy to guy chat or a girl to girl chat, right. well, we're we just want to make ourselves avail- available for that. Mm-hmm. And also, um, if you have questions for Dr. Simon Shea or something that you would like us to address on a different podcast, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know of you know future questions that you potentially would like answered by yeah. him as well. Yeah. So that's at in between. Well, actually, the website is inbetween.org slash episode 23. And that's where mm-hmm. you'll get all the show notes and right. all the links to everything that we talked about today. But next week, we're going to be talking about conflict. Yes. And we're going <laughs> to hopefully take... not the conflict right. that came from this week. But right. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a little slant and step away from the marriage topic and talk about conflict between our children, mm. sibling conflict. I don't know about y'all, but we are in the thick of summer vacation. And you know what that means? Children together 24-7 yes. when they usually have a few hours apart. So there's definitely been um, some arguments, <laughs> some tears. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> some yelling. Y'all know how it is. It's real. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do that. But we will catch you next time. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.